a Drupal concept to severe. We welcome one and all, individuals and sponsors, even startups great and small. So say hello to all you meet, and please don't start a brawl. Please be welcoming. Glory, glory, All right, now it is the end of day two, and we are waiting for Ted and Kelly and Mike to show up, but we have some guests with us right now. Uh, this person, I believe you've been on the podcast before. No? You're shaking your head no? All right, it's Suzanne Dergacheva, and you are from Montreal, Evolving Web. You do lots of training, and you had a session today. Tell us a little bit about your session. So today I was talking about minimalist theming for Drupal 8 and how to create a Drupal 8 theme that's easier to maintain and uh, will be better to pass on to your colleagues or your future self. Uh, So I was just giving some tips and tricks about that. So minimalist, like that word, I think can be a little bit loaded so can yeah. you define maybe a little bit better like what what are what, what's what's your definition of minimalist so i find a lot of the time with with theming um it's it's left up to the theme system to implement the design so sometimes you get a really complex design uh or sometimes you'll get a lot of requirements on the site and it's tempting to implement that in the theme so minimalist just meaning um something that is well organized so if someone new gets it they understand how it's set up Um, and something that's limited in scope so it doesn't have so much custom code in it it just has elements that are theme Um, and then also from a design perspective um, I find a lot of times um, there's a lot of code in the theme that's really specific like theming a specific node or a specific menu item and just uh, trying to push back on that in the design process so that the theme is uh, more generic and will apply to new content that's added and not just the static version of the site that uses launch with. So use Drupal for what it's good at? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. And also, I should mention, there's a Drupal Summit coming up in Montreal, June 16th to 19th. It's called Drupal North. So if you go on over to drupalnorth.org, you can get all the info there, and you can register, submit your sessions, and sign up for for trainings. So hope to see you there. Very cool. Also, Anna, our regular co-host, is here. Hi, Anna. Hello. Have you been having a good day today? It's been okay. Um, had a few hiccups personal personal wise, but um, spent uh, some time up in the sprint room working on some contrib modules and doing the uh, mentor orientation for our mentored course sprinting on Friday. Fantastic. So you're mentoring the mentors. Um, well, it was more like getting all the mentors together in a room, kind of doing an orientation. Here's what mentoring is all about. More experienced mentors telling new mentor volunteers what to expect. Um, so yeah, it's, it's volunteers and mentoring all the way down. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Have, have you checked out many sessions, or are you mostly in the community track? 
I went to most of the. Se- I went to a few sessions yesterday. Um, still trying to wrap my head around Jubilee and object-oriented PHP and all those good things that you know I kind of need to be self-taught on as a freelancer. Um, but today has been mostly spent just connecting with the people that I know in the community and making new friends. Well, we have new friends. We have old friends. Somebody that I've met a couple of DrupalCons ago. Uh, you may know him as the maintainer of the LinkedIn Drupal group, but also uh, you saw his face on the keynote at Dries's keynote yesterday because Dries was talking about new initiatives, specifically deployment between different sites and live previews and keeping different sites in sync with content and I assume other things too. It's Dave Hall from far, far, far away. Hi, Dave. Hi, Ryan. Is it safe to say that you're often one of the farthest traveled people at any North American DrupalCon? Um, it turns out people from South Africa travel further, um, but for the European cons, it's a fight between the Australians and New Zealanders for furthest traveled. Awesome. So, um, I guess as I just said, you're involved with the, you know, the new deploy initiative. Do you want to say like a couple words about what it is, and maybe like, I guess even. Why is it that you are getting to work on it? Yeah, so um, the the initiative, it's called the Workflow Initiative, and it builds on a bunch of things that um, went into Drupal 8 Core, but also have been worked on in Contrib for during Drupal 6 and Drupal 7. So um, some of the ideas from the um, Workbench Moderation Module, um, we're looking at bringing that into Core, um, and also bringing things in from what's called the deploy suite for Drupal 8, which um, the deploy suite for um, people who aren't familiar with it allows you to um, deploy content from one environment to another. But also in the Drupal 8 version, it allows you to deploy changes on the one site. So there's a concept of workspaces, and you make your changes in a workspace, and then you deploy that workspace somewhere, which may be the same site or may be a remote site. Now, the the initial scope for the initiative is just to have that on the same site deployment, um, but there is certainly plans either in Contrib or in Core to have that full site deployment workflow um, available for users. Um, we're still discussing how much of that will go into Core. Awesome. So... Uh, the the workflow that I use a lot for this right now is something that I think you actually probably worked on very heavily that uh, it's separated right now by which user kind of created something. So like if I log into a site and I edit a bunch of stuff, the way that we have this site configured, it's like automatically sets up a workspace for me and therefore I can push all my stuff without having to worry about other edits that other people made. So that's one way it could be sliced, right? Yeah, so that that's one of the, the workflows for Drupal 7 with Deploy. Um, and that's what we call the ad hoc user plan workflow, where each user has their own plan. Um, you can also have a workflow where each change set has its own plan. And you spin up a sandbox for each site, make the changes there, and then push those changes from that sandbox to another environment. Um, there, there's a bunch of other workflows. Some people have it, so you just create one or 
two nodes and then um, manually add them to a plan and then push them through to the next environment. And part of the, the core initiative is identifying like the, the key workflows that we need to support and working out which ones will go into core and which ones we expose APIs so people can then um, do that through Contrib, but the the decision was made for Drupal 8 for deploy to the deploy suite to be more opinionated um, because in Drupal 7 you could do all kinds of crazy stuff and some of it was crazy um, like you know I can run down the middle of a freeway um, I can physically do that it doesn't mean it's actually a good idea and so the the plan with um, Drupal 8 is to put a few barriers up around the freeway to stop people running down the middle of them because it gets a bit ugly. Cool. So people in the circle, raise your hand. Have you used Deploy? No? Come on, put your hands up. (laughs) Not just me? (laughs) There you go. I mean, what if I just have one one node? Is is that still, like, make a workspace for that node or, like, there will be some sort of, like, a... Maybe there'd be a shortcut module somewhere in Contrib that would be like, I just want to deploy this one node. So technically, I will be creating a whole workspace just for that one push. Yeah, so that that still needs to be worked out. Um, like out of the box, it would be that that manual process to be able to do that. But hopefully, uh, there would be some Contrib support to automate that stuff. One thing I should make clear to your listeners: I'm not um, like driving this initiative. It's Dick Olson who I work with um he's like the lead um my title is senior advisor so i just get to sit there and be the grumpy old man in the corner um pointing out the the problems and making suggestions and stuff like that that there is actually a whole team for the initiative we've got um andre and he's going to kill me for forgetting his last name we've got um tim millwood and um we've got uh joseph um, Toth, who um, is the designer of the Drupal 8 logo, is helping with UI and UX for um, the initiative. So we've got a very strong team of people who understand this problem space and we're, we're very focused on getting this done, but we're also open to um, contributions of um, effort for people to help with the initiative but also we're, we're looking for people to contribute financially so we can actually have sprints and get people together because our team is spread um, all over the world. We've got people in Europe, US Australia and we need to get these people and other people from the community together to make this thing happen. I'm pretty excited. Awesome, yeah. So, and what you were just pointing out, these people are already working on stuff. It's part of Teresa's new plan to sort of have an initiative, have, you know, a clear goal and a clear set of, you know, things you're trying to achieve and who is going to be working on it before it gets anointed by, you know, by the power of Dries, I guess. The power of Dries compels you to make a deploy module for Drupal 8 core, right? Yeah, so um, we were very lucky to be the the first initiative to um, be part of this new process. And um, I I think it's a better model because you get the people who really understand the problem space and can really um, drive that 
development and that the, the plan is to have a lot of the design discussions with the community both UI and the, the architectural design have those discussions early get that stuff worked out and then let the development team who understands the problem space get in there and get it done like it's not run off to the corner and do it in the corner but it's let the people who want to get things done get it done rather than getting bogged down with every little detail of every little issue like I think um, the D.O. issue queue um, is amazing for solving problems sometimes but it's also great at getting um, caught up on bike shedding and a whole lot of time gets wasted on minor stuff that really shouldn't be um, holding up development and hopefully this new model means that things happen faster and also we don't have like big changes happening like on mainline and then you know it holding up everything else this will um, happen in a branch there'll be opportunities for people to be involved and comment and stuff and then when it's ready it um, will probably go in as a development's going to happen in phases and um, we'll probably start seeing things go in as experimental model uh, modules and then get refined and eventually be promoted to full modules right yeah I mean, exactly like you say if things happen on a separate branch bike shedding should be mitigated because it's kind of happening in a sandbox and then if somebody really does want to quibble over like camel casing or whatever it happens to be they can do that when it's time to merge and not while the actual work is getting done so i'm a big fan of this plan and kelly you're you're nodding your head vigorously you're you're a fan of this idea for core development yes (laughs) it's short and sweet (laughs) definitive Uh, so Kelly, you you sprinted over here from somewhere. What what was going on in this room that was so important? You could not be on the podcast. <laughs> so Ted and I were. I don't know what happened to Ted, but we were in a core conversation on including more JavaScript in core um, for Drupal admin, and it was really heated and interesting. Um, and uh, but Danny Norton was the mom moderator, and if you got out of line, she got her mom voice on you, uh, and you had to sit down. Um, so it was really it was really interesting. Um, the the one thing that there was consensus on was that we shouldn't be starting the process by talking about what JavaScript framework are we going to put in core. That we need to, you know, as Dries was saying in the keynote, like we need to get all the back-end work done first, you know, shore up the API. Snaps. Snaps. We only get to do this Um. on the podcast, but (laughs) very personal. Like, how do you show your support? (laughs) Amen, brother. you know, AP work on the API, work on components, um, and uh, Larry had a great quote that was somebody else's quote, but I missed who it was, um, saying, if, if adding a feature is hard, don't add the feature, refactor the code so that it's easy to add the feature. Ooh. So if we just start with all that hard work, then ideally we'll get to a point where it won't be a big deal whether we add a framework or not, or which framework we choose. Um, so it was it was really fascinating. And we won't have to like do it by airdrop in the middle of the night like it did with WordPress. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anybody brought that up with WordPress, nobody, but they just sort of like snuck that in one day and it just went, well, bam, oh yeah, by the way, we have this whole JSON API thing. <laughs> what? But um, like just on the Calypso thing with WordPress, it shows a very different development um, workflow of 
WordPress. Workflow, I mean, WordPress is developed by Automatic, and it all kind of happens over in the corner, and then code gets thrown over the wall to the community. Like, the, the code base is available, and it's under the GPL, but it's not developed in the open as Drupal is developed, and I think that um, that means a lot of these conversations occur at Drupal cons, and the, the community shapes the direction of the project, whereas WordPress, it's driven by a single commercial entity. And I think that, that shows the, the value of coming to a DrupalCon, is you can actually help shape the direction, rather than, um, you know, Matt deciding what what you get in the next release, or in our case, Dree's deciding what we get in the next release. So, uh, going, going back around the circle, Steve, we haven't heard from you yet, but you were here on yesterday's slash this morning's podcast. So, uh, how's, how's today been going for you? Good, good. A um, couple of really good sessions that stood out to me. Um, I'm going to butcher this last name I know of. It's Peter Sosnick from Pantheon. Did a Peter Schwarma? No, no, no. That's Ryan Schwarma. No, no Schwarma for Peter. new default last name. Whenever we can't pronounce the last name, Schwarma. it's not Schwarma. And I don't think Peter had floss either. Um, but he did what's called the Drupal 8 Kickstart, where he just went over all the major components of Drupal 8, whether it's you know using Composer, the, um, the new module structure, using YAML files, how Symfony and OOP all fit together, annotations, services. I mean, it's a huge list here that I'm looking at, and he just sort of hit them all at a really high level. Talked about like Drupal Console, how Drupal Console can help you scaffold a new module or controller or whatever. So wow. great tools for getting started. Really, really good talk, and he gave a lot of references to okay, here's to go where to go look for documentation on how to use this or that or the other thing. So pretty much required reading is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And then another guy, I want to say Jeff Gallagher, I think was his name. He did one on just OOP in particular and how it works in PHP, just real basic object-oriented. So the two of those fit really well together. And then at the end of the day, uh, Travis Tidwell and Randall Knudsen from Form.io did a thing on Form.io, uh, JSON-powered forms. And they have their own product called Form.io with a module written for Drupal. But just in general, how JSON can be powered for so many different front ends other than just Drupal. So it's a really cool Drupal module, but just JSON-powered data in general, how it can be used on, you know, watches and, and uh, you know, uh, panels in cars and, and tablets and, and phones and just a really flexible tool for getting your data out in multiple interfaces. Very good, very good. Well, uh, we are going to hear from more from the panel in just one minute, but I have some pre-recorded interviews we did earlier today. So right now we're going to throw to Fabien Potencier from the Symphony Project, where I asked him why Drupal sucks. No, that's not what I asked him, but <laughs> you will find out all about it in a second. So I'm here now with Fabien Potencier. We? Oui? Yes. Okay. Uh, and you are the... Sensio Labs creator. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and obviously the the person behind the Symphony Project, and um, you know, you definitely had a lot of help with getting some of the Symphony components into Drupal 8. And uh, if I'm not wrong, we also sort of like contributed back some patches to Symphony Project because the way Drupal was doing things was a little different than how Symphony was expecting people to do them at first, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Yeah. But now we're here, we got Drupal 8, uh, and you guys had a session, or a whole track of sessions here at DrupalCon. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? So actually, we've, 
we've had um, a track, a symphony track, um, at Drupal conferences for the last three years, I think. So the goal is to uh, talk about symphony mainly um, and talking about the components that are in Drupal 8. Right. So yesterday we had uh, the track. Um, we had a session on dependency injection, one on, on the event dispatcher. A lot of people. Um, it was really crowded. Um, I think that's, that's, that's very exciting for us because that's the first time uh, we can see so many people excited about uh, the new components of uh, or the new feature of, of Drupal powered by Symfony. Yeah. So um, a lot of people probably already know that you know um, the Drupal kernel, right? We just used to call it the system module mm -hmm. has been completely replaced by Symfony requests and responses and that yep. kind of stuff. So. Um, and that, like you said, you have dependency injection in there. This this is somewhat of a new concept for people that are coming from procedural programming, um, but it is it is being used, and there are lots of really good examples and really good tutorials out there. But if I'm the kind of person who maybe is writing my own Drupal module, like what's what's the next step? Now I know dependency injection. Now I know how to write a plugin. How do I how do I take it to the next level? Okay. So I think the first step is uh, to understand that you're not required to use uh, dependency injection if you think it does not uh, make sense for a use case. And yesterday I was talking with someone and he told me that he's not a developer. Uh, he tries to write some PHP code and he was really upset by the dependency injection container and he, was, he had a hard time figuring out how that works and why it was a good idea and and the conclusion was for his specific use case it doesn't need dependency injection so it doesn't have to care now if you want to care and I think people yeah. need to care about that because that's that's I think one of the best practice it's very important for, the, for Drupal core and it's also very important for a module if you want to uh, open source the module so if it's used by a large number of people I think it makes sense to use the best practices and dependency injection being one of the best practices but then you know when, when you give a toy to a child um, at first you know he wants to use um, the toy all the time right? that's new it's great and I think the same goes for at some point you realize that you know there is another toy and switch to something else. Um, and for dependency injection, that's that. I think that's the same. Uh, at some point, you realize what it is about, and you want to use dependency dependency injection for everything. That's a very bad idea. Right. So you also need to understand why um, you want to use dependency injection. You want to understand the consequences and when you should not right. use dependency injection. Like, and that, that, that's very important. There are a lot of cases in, in Drupal context where it makes a lot of sense because we favor things that are overridable, right? Yeah. And dependency injection, the way it's set up, is to make it easier to have this base functionality and extend it or replace it, especially maybe if your use case is not normal yeah. for what the original authors intended, right? Sure, or for unit tests, for instance. Yes. If you want to mark an object, if you're using dependency injection, that's very easy. Yeah. But dependency injection is, you know, almost always only for 
global objects, right. right? So for your entities, for instance, dependency injection does not make sense. Right. Good. Good one. Yeah. So, um, so, so, what's what's the next thing? Like, if if we're if we're getting in, into a dependency injection, like, are there are there really great Symphony components that are in the Drupal core that maybe people you don't think are using very often right now, but they're mm -hmm. there, they're powerful, they've been tested out in the real world? And I think the, the most powerful one is uh, the simplest one, which is HTTP kernel. Right. Um, because it gives you uh, a way to write custom code that you can uh, plug in with Drupal, which means that, and I, I see that in a lot of web agencies, um, they have very simple websites, they can use Drupal very easily, and then they need to also develop for the same customer a custom solution, mm. and where Drupal is not the best you know, solution, but Symfony can be uh, a good uh, solution. And just because Symfony, the full stack framework, and Drupal 8 are based on HTTP kernel, and the notion of, you know, you have a, a request as an input and a response, HTTP response as an output, uh, it's very easy to combine uh, both solutions, which, which means that it, it's very powerful because whatever the, the features that you want to develop, you can use the same tools, right? Yeah. And I think right now, um, there aren't that many tutorials explaining how you can use Symfony, the full stack framework, right. with Drupal in the same for the same website, right? Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. and I think that that's the next step. Really. There's Symfony, and there's also the um, the really small version of it. What's Silex. that called? Silex. So. Is, is there an advantage there? Like, if you're saying Drupal's not the best fit, one reason might be performance. Mm -hmm. So is there is there a big gain for, for a Silex over Symfony, or is it just complexity? So it depends. Um, so obviously, Silex is totally different from Symfony, the full-stack framework, in the sense that it's not about complexity. It's more about uh, the way you want to work. So with Symfony, the full-stack framework, you get a directory structure by default. Um, you get a, uh, a nice way and, um, to configure things, to install bundles. Um, so we made a lot of decisions for you. Right? Silex is totally different. Uh, it's just a thin layer on top of the Symfony components uh, so that you can start use, um, using the, the components right away, but we make almost no decisions for you. So there is no way to configure Silex uh, with a YAML file or an XML file. You, you, you need to do that with PHP. There is no default directory structure. There is no um, database abstraction by default. So if you want more flexibility, then you can use Silex. Okay. If you want more uh, structure, then uh, you need to use the full stack framework. Now, if we are talking about performance, right. if you have a very small website, um, you know, a small number of routes, a small number of controllers, then Silex is going to be much faster. Right. 
but you can and, 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 and Symfony by default you know we configure a lot of things uh, translations uh, validations forms and, and things like that so if you want to get um, so, so what you can do to make a Symfony uh, full stack framework faster is you can disable things right so you can remove um, translation if, if you don't have any translation needs and things like that um, and at the end of the day uh, you can make Symfony as fast as Silex, right? But it takes more time if you need, you know, to disable things one by one. So if you know that you are going to write an API, for instance, you can probably start with Silex. Okay, yeah, that's that's kind of the I think the example that would probably come up in a Drupal context a lot is, yeah, we want to have this API endpoint, and it's it's going to make more sense to have it be more pure PHP. Sure. It doesn't need to have an admin UI. It doesn't yeah. need to have all, you know, end users logging into yeah. it necessarily. Maybe it's for a mobile app or maybe it's an API to talk to some other service. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. The only, the only issue is that if you want to reuse some of the business logic that you have in Drupal and if this business logic is configured somehow in the dependency injection container, right. you must be aware that in Silex we are not using the Symfony dependency injection container. So it's it's a different one, very easy to configure and just because dependency injection um, is totally different from the container, you can make it work but it's, it's, it's a bit more work but, initially. But, so this is implying then, if we did, if it's not obvious, that if I have some Drupal modules that expose services, mm -hmm. then if I have a Symfony app, I can use those same services in my Symfony app. Out of the box. So that's really powerful. Yeah, and it People is. need to recognize that. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So, cool. Uh, I think that's good information. Um, so, the sessions for the... The Symphony track that was here mm -hmm. at DrupalCon in Los An um, in New Orleans will be here. Also, from the last several DrupalCons, including Los Angeles, will be on YouTube already. They right? are, yeah. And uh, so that's a place where you can start. But um, what what else is uh, if somebody's looking to get some Symphony? Where do they go? Okay, so if if we're talking about videos, yeah, um, they can go to the YouTube um, Sensor Labs channel, where we post all the talks from uh, the Symphony conferences. So there are hundreds of videos there about you know a lot of the, the Symphony components. So not all of them are useful for Drupal developers, but I would say. Probably 30% of them are kind of useful for any PHP and, wow. and Drupal developers. And at any Drupal theming presentation I go to, they always reference the Twig documentation mm -hmm. as the best way to learn Twig. Yeah. So um, I think that's another one that's just a great, you know, um, open source sort of donation that that we picked up from your community. So uh, thank you. You're welcome. And. Um, so they can definitely check that stuff out too. And how about you? If they're looking to follow you on social Twitter. media or something, do you do that? Twitter. Yeah. Fatbot. Okay. And uh, maybe we'll see you at the next DrupalCon. Sure. All right. Thanks very much. Thank you. That guy is super smart, and uh, I, I just look forward to any opportunity I have from hearing what comes out of his brain. I have another one that I did with the sort of like local... DrupalCon committee from here in New Orleans 
which was um, Eric Schmidt. So let's hear from him now. So now I'm here with a voice that should probably be very familiar to you because uh, he's been on just about every Drupal podcast, I think, in the last six months. It is the, what are we going to call you, the local representative for DrupalCon New Orleans, the 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 evangelist for the whole state of Louisiana. The Drupal nutcase of Louisiana. <laughs> yes, it's uh, Mr. Eric Schmidt, but not the one you're thinking of. Yeah, it's not the billionaire, the thousandaire. <laughs> But uh, Eric, so this is your home, and uh, how how did it come to be that did somebody just call you up on the phone one day and say we're doing a site visit? We want you to show us around. What? Yeah, well, we heard about it uh, before LA. They told us that it was coming and wanted us to be a part of it, and so yeah, it was basically just an email that came through the Drupal users group here, said you guys have been picked and. We're dying to come see the city. So we sort of met with them in the beginning and uh, did some, we did a presentation for the reveal party and then they came and did some scouting. So yeah, we took them around and showed them venues and it was fun. It's good to see the association and how it all works. Because, you know, at one point the community all handled the cons and now the association has taken that burden because it was really a lot on local communities and local people. So now it's become quite a machine that pushes these things around so yeah it's fun it was a good experience awesome awesome so what has this week been like for you it's interesting having it in your hometown as opposed to traveling away because home life still continues on right you go home at the end of the day right (laughs) right well i did get an airbnb in the french quarter because we live about five miles away so it's really not that far but you know how Drupal cons go. Yeah. It's best not to be driving around <laughs> after going to Drupal parties. Oh, yeah. So, yes, we got ourselves a little place close. But, yeah, that's, I think, is the thing that's most interesting is having it here. It looks like life continues to roll as opposed to leaving town. So, so uh, has, has there been any, like, big revelation for you, like something you saw this week or... You know, something that you're involved with that uh, that you want to share with people? Drupal 8, I'm pretty excited about it. I was a little, I didn't know what was going on. Now the big, you know, anytime we have these big version changes like 6 to 7, 7 to 8. But the 7 to 8 is bringing an object-oriented. Uh, it's sort of really changed the game. I've talked to a lot of developers who handle um, their contrib modules and they've had to do some rewriting from scratch. So... It's good to see that the ecosystem is good. The numbers are good at the con, so I'm pretty happy with that. I talked to uh, like Karen Swenson with the the date and uh, calendar module, and she's she's pretty happy with eight. She, she had a, a good learning curve coming from seven to eight. So it's good to hear the developers say that they like eight. Same thing with Ronin and Backup and Migrate. Once you got it moved over and actually, but it's a complete rewrite. So mm. I thought that was. It's good to see that we're still healthy, and and the developers seem to be happy once they make the actual jump into eight. And then the twig system, I've been trying to look at the front end stuff a lot. Cool, very cool. So uh, yeah, you have a message for the for the people out there in podcast land who weren't able to make it down to the conference. You missed it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, try to make a DrupalCon or a camp at least. Those things are really great. The community, get involved in your local community. It's it's a good thing. You know, it's like family. It's always great to be back. And next year you guys have a, a Drupal camp maybe? 
Yes, I think we're going to do a Drupal camp in September. I don't have the actual hard date, but we were going to do our, do our Drupal camp last weekend, but we were like, well, I guess we'll, yeah. we'll reschedule that. Yeah. <laughs> so we will do a camp this year, and then uh, later on in the year, and then, yeah, we do our camp every year now, so it's come on down. Right? Yeah, I mean, you can have your own mini DrupalCon. Yeah. <laughs> every year, right? That's my our plan. Awesome. Well, Eric, how do we how do we find you online? Like, what's what's your company? How do you how do we get in touch with you? Uh, Evan Schmidt Design. My wife and I, small two person group. We actually have our son here, uh, bringing the next generation in. Yeah. But uh, vdesign.com or eschmook uh, on Twitter. You can oh, okay. find me. So yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So next time we see you, what's your hair going to look like? I feel like you get a different haircut every time I meet you. I don't know. I have the beard back. Of course, it's grayer than it was uh, my first DrupalCon. That was in 09, so who knows? Who knows, indeed. Well, it's always great to talk to you. Yes, always a pleasure. Ask Dave. Dave has such a great suggestion. What is the what is the most fun slash most interesting thing that you have done this week? And I'll start with Dave since he has a suggestion. Um, I got to pat a fifteen foot or four and a half meter long alligator that was wild in the water when we went out on the bayous. That was pretty cool. Yeah, were you on an airboat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We were out on the airboat, and um, yeah, there was only one other guy out of the thirty odd people in our group that wanted to actually pat one um, that was in the water. I hear they're very soft and furry. Uh, they're not furry, but yeah, they're pretty soft and friendly. I think for our audience, the obvious question is, did you hand feed? <laughs> yeah. uh, no, no. <laughs> okay. Nice try, but no, I still have all ten fingers and ten toes. So, um, for other people who may not have ever done it, what's an airboat? Um, it's a flat-bottom boat that's got this great big fan on the back of it. makes a hell of a racket. Um, you need um, earmuffs on and you just cruise out on the on the um, swamps and stuff. It's pretty cool. They call it New Orleans air conditioning. Do they? I hadn't heard that, but yeah. I, I understand um, yeah, why it gets that name. It's very cool. cool. Mike, have you ever fed an alligator? I don't believe... Actually, you know what? I actually have fed an alligator. How crazy is that? Because uh, we have friends who own a mini golf course in beautiful Cocoa Beach, Florida. And a few years ago, they, their business was, you know, slumping just a little bit. So the, the owners decided, or our friends decided, who are the owners decided, we'll get some live alligators for like the pond that's part of the mini golf course and let people feed the alligators. So certain times during the day, you can throw them chicken wings and I forget what the other, you know, food items, but... I've done, I've done hot dogs before. Yeah, I don't know. If, I mean, technically hand-fed, I believe that your hand has to be in contact with the food the same time the animal's mouth is in contact. So I'm not sure if that qualifies as hand-feeding. So, so what you're saying is we really need to rewrite this question because we're starting to get very literal. <laughs> we need to be very specific about what exactly hand-feeding means. That's really specific. Have your fingernails been anywhere near the open maw of an alligator? I, I think I would have to say yes then. It was a small alligator. I think I could have taken it. <laughs> if, you know, push came to shove. You know, okay. I think I could have. Uh, so, Kelly, what was the most interesting thing you did this week? The most interesting non-DrupalCon thing I did, that dinner at Koshan Monday night, where we ate an alligator, probably not a whole one, but a little bit of one, um, 
that was that was the best thing I've done outside of DrupalCon. So I have to say uh, thanks to My Drop Wizard for uh, sponsoring the Drupal Easy podcast and thereby buying us bits of alligator. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I Anna, have to say one thing I learned whoa. last night was I learned to eat crawfish for the first time yeah. at the uh, media current party. They had tons of crawfish there, really spicy. And so I asked the guy, how do you eat this? And he showed me, and I was a pro in about 10 minutes. Excellent. You got to, you know, suck the heads. So, and so what's the, what's the learning curve? About 35 crawfish? Like what? No, uh, within probably four to five, I had it down pretty good. <laughs> okay. But you got, I'd did say. Did I talk to you about this earlier? You have to commit. You can't go in like dainty. You can't like nibble. Well, maybe not you, but somebody else was there saying the exact same thing when I was like, yeah. I was just diving in. I went no. through about ten or fifteen. Yeah, it's you not know. like I was cocktail really hour, you know, glass of oh, you know, no. soda in one hand and crawfish in the other. It's, you got to put the bib on and just gotta, one at a time. I know the visual of me diving in is not coming through, but you got to dive in and expect to get dirty. <laughs> okay, it's a it's a skill I will have the rest of my life, and I'm eternally grateful to the guy that showed me. Wow, eternally grateful. That's <laughs> Drupal has changed your life. That's right. It has changed my life in yet another way. Anna, did you guys do something fun this week? Um, yeah, so my husband has been on a uh, drinking tour of New Orleans. I brought him down with me this week. And uh, he took me out to the Carousel Bar, which actually, uh, it's an old carousel where the bar rotates around about once every 20 minutes. And so as you're, you're sitting, there's 25 chairs, and you're sitting at this bar with, like, the carousel, you know, typical carousel thing over your head, and you're just very slowly turning around the middle where the bartenders are. That sounds fantastic. And that was pretty neat. you got to find that place. Uh, there you go. Uh, how about Suzanne? Did you guys do something fun? Uh, well, last night I witnessed something very cool on the way to the media current party. Uh, we saw this par- parade of cyclists. There were hundreds and hundreds of them with lights on their bikes, and a lot of them were pimped out with these beer coolers, like on the back of the bike, and it looked like they were having a great time just circling the city. So we couldn't really participate because we didn't have bikes, but I would love to to do this sort of night riding thing. Like I've seen them multiple times, and they're always going whoop whoop, and all this sort of like hooting and hollering. Uh, yeah, for me, I was actually on one of these uh, carriage rides. You get, like, they have a mule that pulls the carriage around. And we almost ran some people over because they were inebriated and they were not watching where they were going. Uh, that's the short version of the story. But I did not get to hand feed the mule, Mike. So This is why you're not a guest on our show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, I think that's a pretty good way to wrap it up for day two of DrupalCon. Um, do check out. We'll have something else coming out later this week. And uh, yeah, we didn't get a chance to discuss the keynote, but I don't know how you can discuss that keynote in like a short way. So maybe tomorrow morning when Just we're like... Just go watch the keynote. Yeah. Discuss it later. Watch the keynote first. That's a good... We, we might have to do like a whole separate episode about that's that keynote. <laughs> like that's, that's a... Um, it's heavy. So we're not going to talk about it now. Oh no, but it was heavy. It had like a really simple message, but yes, which is the yes. genius behind it. I think so. It's worth watching, um, and for people who are looking for like some credibility out of the person doing the keynote, was the editor of A List Apart for a number of years, um, and is a content strategy person. But um, just go watch it. Just just do it. So uh, that's going to be it for the Drupal Easy podcast. We have 
uh, right here, this guy, Mr. Steve Edwards. See ya! Each Drupal Con's diverse, the Con's variety's immense. Ethnic, cultural, religious groups, discussions get intense. So please consider if your actions might cause some offense. Please be considerate. Start a brawl. Please be welcoming. At DrupalCon, we treat our beers with dignified respect. Irrespective how you most may differ, that may not affect. How you interact, relate, or digitally connect We are respectful Glory, glory, code of conduct Glory, glory, code of conduct Glory, glory, code of conduct Stay for community Misunderstandings happen, that is certainly no fun Please work it out between yourselves, attempt it one-on-one. To hear constructive criticism, easier said than done. Please be collaborative. That goes on to agitate Find a mutually trusted person Who will help you mediate Discuss the matter Till a fair solution consummates When we disagree We count with others us to inform a member of the staff will work the problem toward reform when we need it we ask for help
Wow. All right, that, that was incredible, guys. Thank you. That's life-changing. We're the Hungarians. See, guys, you, know, you can't have a great pre-note number that has no crustaceans in it at all.